You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Okay, so just for a quick update for those of you who weren't there here last week, that I gave public testimony to what God had done for me during months of acute illness. I, 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 I won't go back through all of that again. We do have a, that on CD if you want to hear it. But God began to do some things that I didn't know he was really doing until after the fact. And isn't that true? So many times in hindsight, you finally see the fingerprint of God. You finally see the hand of God. And so we talked about that a little bit last week. And there were some things that I felt God showing me that I learned. And and so I'll review those just real quick so I can get into today's uh, sharing. But I want to tell you before I start, last week after I gave verbal public testimony, the next two days I felt terrible. And I thought, oh no, what's going on? I just gave testimony so like the enemy to bring back an attack, isn't it? And so what I found myself doing the next couple days is standing in the victory. I knew the victory had been won. I knew Jesus had touched me. I had given proclamation and declaration of that publicly. And by golly, I had to stand on that the next couple of days. I had to say, Jesus, you did touch me. You are the victor. Nothing formed against me is going to prosper against you in me. Nothing is more powerful in the world than you in me. And I just had to kind of declare that over those next few days. And that is standing in the victory. You know, my mind wanted to run to, oh no, am I getting sick again? Oh, I just gave testimony. I can't get sick. That is not good thinking. We must stand in the victory that God has given us. And isn't that true in our faith as well? So many times things come against us and we have to stand in the in what we know. What do we know? We know God is God. We know his son Jesus left his godness in the heavens, came to the earth as a man, suffered as a man, died as a man, but was resurrected. And by that death and the spilling of his blood, we are forgiven. We are reconciled back to the Father. Those are the things we know. Those are the things we can always stand on when the enemy brings an attack. So start with what you know and then go on from there. And you'll be surprised at how that strengthens you inside and out. So some of the things we talked about last week, I felt like I came into through this experience a deeper level of trust. This is a process that's ongoing. This ability to trust God. I don't know about you guys, but I can't just wake up one morning and say, oh yeah, I trust you. Whole picture, yeah. I trust you, Lord. No. It's been a step-by-step process. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you're trusting him for this and you're really walking in it. And it's good and it's sweet. And then something else comes along and you wonder where your trust is. 
So God uses that as an opportunity to build more trust in that area. So maybe the relationship healed. Now your finances need a touch. Now your grandmother who is ill needs a touch. And so trust is built through each circumstance. It becomes a situation where we learn to give God more and more of our trust. So I felt like there was a deeper level of trust and peace and rest. I was really having to rest during this time so I could recuperate. I couldn't pray, oh God, heal me and be running around with, like a chicken with my head cut off. But I had to rest, be quiet and receive what he was doing on the inside of me. And then we talked last week about waiting on the Lord. We must allow the processes of God in our circumstance to play out. To allow the Lord to bring his purposes through the circumstance to fruition, to completion. We can't rush those things because God wants time. And so we talked about that a little bit. We want to allow, bless you, we want to allow God the opportunity to come to full, his full potential in and through a situation. So we don't want to hurry God. We don't want to get ahead of him. Don't want to get ahead of what he's doing we want to allow his good sovereignty to be demonstrated. Sometimes we don't see that right away, do we? In the, in, I know when the tornado hit Mike and I's home in 2006, man, the next morning, I, I didn't see God's good sovereignty other than, well, I should say, Mike and I were still alive. But it took time. Brendan and Kevin got hit that day, same day. It took time for God's goodness to be born out of that tragedy. So that kind of catches you up on what we talked about last week. So this is the point I left out. Throughout this time of being ill and being in and out of the hospital, having procedures and surgeries, when I got home, like I said last week, I was in kind of a dark place. I knew God was there because, again, I went back to what I do know. God says he will never leave or forsake me. But I kind of wondered where God was as I lay sick, as I didn't have any doctor that was really overseeing my care. And I was beginning to feel like I was drowning in the mire. And then as I got home, and brothers and sisters and my family began to minister to me daily, coming in with meals, helping me with a bath, taking care of Mike daily. The principle of one day at a time began to make itself very real. So I want to undergird this principle. And I'm calling this a kingdom principle because I feel like this is a principle in the foundations of our faith, just like trust. So one day at a time, I'm going to read to you out of Matthew 6, 34. So above all, constantly seek first the kingdom of God 
refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with, instead, the challenges that come your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Now, I'm going to read that again because that's gold to us in this day. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Now, the things I laid worrying about in those early days in the hospital were, number one, my husband. I take care of him in our home. What was going to happen to him? Number two, did I have the money in my bank account to pay the rent for that month? Number three, what was going to happen to me? I still didn't know. Number four, as my sons and my daughter-in-law kind of started looking into other resources that could help us during this time, as they looked at my health, they began to talk about maybe mom and dad both needed to move into assisted living. That, that was a real worry to me. I did not want to move. I wasn't ready. I was going to get well. I didn't need to move, and I didn't need to move into assisted living. So those are the things that were worrying me as I lay in the dark before I had a sense of God in all of this. And so I began to take God at his word. And on my journal every morning at the top, I wrote one day at a time. This day. Because remember, God is a God of the present. He is I am. He's with us currently. Now, that doesn't mean he isn't going to be there tomorrow. When we get to tomorrow, he'll be there too. But now, he's here today. I am. He's not saying, I was, so I'm not going to be anymore. Or, I will be, so I won't be with you today. No, he's saying, I am. I am here with you today. I see your situation today. I am going to take care of the circumstances today. And so slowly but surely, my faith and my hope and my trust began to arise from the mire and the darkness. One day at a time. Today. Say that with me. One day at a time. Today. One more time. One day at a time today yes and I think that as we learn to walk this way the peace of God and the rest of God began to be more real to us and so that's another thing I'm learning in all of this is to tap into that quietude that shalom of God, the peace, the well-being of God, takes this principle one day at a time because worry and anxiety and stress 
for the days to come rob us of the energy and the resources that God wants to pour into us for today. So if we're taking all that he's giving us for this day and we shuffle it into the next day and the next day and the next day and we pour it out here, we pour it out there, we pour it out there. By the time we try to make it through today, our tank is empty. Our energy is gone. We, we, we don't have what we need to face today. And so what's God's agenda today? Sometimes as I open my journal, I say, good morning, Papa dear. What's on your heart for today? And learning to focus on today. Now, that doesn't mean with wisdom and prudence, I'm not aware of what's coming, what's on the horizon. But that doesn't, but that does, it means that I am not worrying about what's on the horizon. I'm trusting God. I'm saying, God, I trust you to take care of this circumstance. And now I'm going to get back to living today's agenda. Does that make, does that make sense? All right. All right. Thank you, Linda. All right. I want that to be something you can hang on to because it's real. It's practical. It's true truth in God's word. I'm going to read you for another little principle here. Still in Matthew, just in the next chapter, chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. So since I don't know heaven overhead, I'll say that again. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be yours. Seek, and you will discover. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what she longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. That's another principle. Ask, seek, knock. That spells the word ask. Isn't that cool? What does that word persistent mean? I felt like God kind of told me that today. It means to endure and move forward. Sometimes we get stuck and I'm enduring. I'm, 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 I'm holding on. But in, persistence is a little more than that. <clears throat> persistence is, is enduring, but it's moving forward. It's, persistence has a vision. Persistence has revelation. God tells us what he's doing, what we're persisting for. He gives us a vision. And it enables us to endure and to hold on. So, we live one day at a time. We persist. We trust. And we love. There's another scripture that I have found very useful during this time. And it goes along with this. 2 Corinthians 10.5, take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. 
take every thought captive. So when I'm starting to worry, when I'm not sure what's going to happen to Mike down the road, or to me down the road, when I'm not sure exactly what my finances are going to look like next month, I've got to take those thoughts, and again, like I said earlier, I've got to declare back to God what I already know. That his righteous are never forsaken, and nor do they beg for bread. He is with me. He loves me. He's my father. I'm his child. Go back to the things you know. Take those thoughts captive. It's not easy. I want to I say that. I don't think it is. I think that's a real challenge. But cry out to God for grace. That's one thing I have found as I've been a caregiver to Mike all these years. There are days when I absolutely don't know the next thing to do or say to, to make him more comfortable, to take better care of him. And I just say, God, I need your grace today. And that, that's one prayer that I have never experienced God failing to answer. His grace is sufficient. His grace is available grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is part of Paul's salutations in many of his letters. So let's take communion together and let's make it our way of saying yes and amen to the word we've talked about today. Trusting and waiting on the Lord because he is trustworthy, right? He's faithful, right? It's such a privilege for us to take communion together. It's such a privilege. And I tell you what I want you to do this morning. I want you to hold your wafer like this. I want you to break it in two. Jesus, thank you that you allowed your body to be broken. For me, for us. Thank you, Jesus. I take this as a representation of your body. May I know your wholeness and your fullness as I take of you. Jesus, you also shed your blood for us. Lord, it will take us an eternity to continue to say thank you. By your blood, our sins are washed away. They're, they're as far from us as east is from the west. We know your mercy, your kindness. And as we drink this in remembrance of you, dear Jesus, again, we say thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.